Hi, I'm Steve Acuna, your host of the 30-Minute Sage, your source of practical advice to move forward through corporate and life changes. I come to you as a certified professional in change management and life coaching with over 25 years of boots on the ground and leadership experience that spans five corporate industries. This podcast explores the challenges of leading corporate teams through change with the audacious goal to apply techniques and wisdoms that go well beyond the workplace and into daily life. Along the way, I will share my successes and failures, my learnings and my truths as I continue to transcend corporate life and apply my personal mission to raise consciousness that activates the power of our human community. Welcome to the 30-Minute Sage. Now let's get started. Welcome to Episode 15, Selling with Psychological Safety. Hey, before we get into the content, let's talk about the format of the podcast. First off, the podcast is casual, so it's more like a conversation. This cuts down on heavy production and helps me to focus on sharing and content. In this episode, I'll build on previous topics that were focused on influencing different personality types by expanding deeper into the concepts of the sales environment, specifically establishing psychological safety that unlocks the belief in your ideas. It's my hope that you test these ideas and apply what makes sense for your situation, that process I call finding your inner sage. As always, I'll share a takeaway for each segment so that you have something you can reflect on afterwards. And please don't forget to send comments, hit the like button, and share it with others to help promote the podcast. Finally, this podcast is not therapy. These topics can be emotionally charged, so if you're not emotionally okay, please seek the professional assistance you need. Professional therapy has helped me and my family through tough times, so remember, it's okay to not be okay. All right, let's get started with our episode. Hey, in this episode, I'm just going to have one segment. Uh, we're going to talk about psychological safety and how to apply that to the sales environment. And I hope that my intro was intriguing because I, I've been uh, taking a bit of a break and really thinking about this particular topic in light of what we're trying to achieve in the workplace. We're trying to express ourselves. We're trying to be um, our full potential. We're trying to create full potential. And I started thinking about this in light of the sales process. And of course, it's a build from previous episodes, which were about influencing others in the sales process and different personality types is what I got into in the last couple of segments. Uh, there was a lot of popularity with those segments uh, in regards to how to establish uh, a trusting relationship with people that were different, perhaps different from you in your personality and style. So uh, again, those are all tendencies that we all, uh, we all possess, uh, different personality traits and tendencies. Uh, but in this case, what I'd like to do is get a little bit deeper into what is it that actually establishes a commitment to the partnership? Uh, what is it that actually creates an environment where people feel comfortable to be themselves? And in my experience with the sales process and, and dealing with, and believe me, I, I'm not a, a product sales person. I don't go and try to uh, uh, create you know, sales calls and things like that. My selling is really about concepts for change. Uh, my selling that I do is about uh, creating a, a, an environment that's hopeful, that's positive, that's trying to find ways to 
manifest new levels of potential, you know, in them in for the individual, for a team, uh, for a company. And so I don't see any difference in those concept selling uh, approaches with even selling a product. My products are really about change and trying to find new ways to elevate uh, an organization or an individual. So there's no difference in my mind. So you may be a person that is selling specific hardware, software, solutions. Uh, it could be anything. And it's still applicable when it comes to the idea of establishing an environment that is conducive for people to believe in you, believe in your ideas, um, to um, be uh, willing to explore new potentials, new things. Okay, so that's why I think this is kind of universal language that can be applied in different ways, although the sales process and the sales of different things, products, ideas very well could be different. It's really not much different when it comes to the environment of, of selling and the environment that you're establishing for somebody to buy or to consider ideas. Okay, so I just want to throw that out there to kind of set the stage for this particular episode. Now, I'm going to also talk about what psychological safety is. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, there's so much information. If you found this podcast, I want to first of all congratulate you. Because you found a possibly a needle in a haystack, uh, maybe a needle in a thousand haystacks. Uh, there is so much information on psychological safety. I mean, it's just, it's, it's great. I'll be honest with you, it's great because we need more of that. We need more. And I'll talk about what that, what that means. Uh, but what really kind of gets me sometimes is that people will a lot of times use the concept or say the words psychological safety. They don't necessarily, they don't necessarily know what that truly entails or possibly what actions or things they can do to establish that. And in this, uh, in this episode, what I'm hoping to do is give you some tools, some techniques to try out for yourself to see if there's ways to apply these concepts uh, in your environment. I believe there are ways. And uh, I'm, I'm going to walk through some of these concepts to really kind of relate them to how I've sold ideas, how I continue to influence uh, organizational change, or in, in many cases, influence uh, just through conversations uh, that are even outside of work, right? So it's a little bit of a bigger picture solution too, when it comes to these concepts as well. So I'd like you to consider exploring those at that level too. All right, so let's get to some of the basics here and talk about what this psychological safety concept is. Uh, there's a lot of books out there and you can you can probably, you know, plug and play concepts into this. And I'm not gonna pretend to be um, somebody who's focused on psychological safety from a professional standpoint or even a clinical. This is not any of that. If you're looking for that kind of stuff, find another podcast that is, uh, that is much more uh, with somebody with some uh, credentials behind their names that talk about these concepts. I'm going to actually talk about application. And so I, I hope that you appreciate that because I, I get kind of, you know, I came, obviously I had an academic background with um, my schooling, education, all of that, but I'm really about like what is meaningful and what's going to actually make a difference. Um, I, I love reading. I read concepts of, of so many different people, 
But I also believe that I can create my own ideas, uh, that I can take and synthesize ideas from others and really create differences based off of that synthesis, based off of bringing ideas together into something that's practical, uh, that's, that's tested, that's not just this grandiose idea that's never been tried or tested. And so I'm hoping that I can convey that through, um, through this podcast and the concepts that we're going to talk about. All right. So psychological safe, let's get into it. Uh, I, I refer to a really great book, uh, and I'm going to give full credit to Timothy Clark, uh, on the four stages of psychological safety. Uh, I've, seen, read, heard a lot about psychological safety and try to establish it. I think that his book of the four stages actually breaks it down to some fundamentals that are very actionable and uh, relatable and relatable because I've experienced the lack of psychological safety in the workplace in the past. Like I know what that feels like. I know what it feels to, to feel stunted, uh, to not be heard Uh, To know an idea, but not feel like you are comfortable to share it because the environment is so politically charged or you don't have those credentials after your name. So you're not listened to and your experience means nothing because you don't have those letters after your name. Those kinds of things really kind of get under my skin. (laughs) And, you know, when you come, come back to a situation and you've had, you know, over 25 years of experience in something you've earned the education, you've earned the right to share your ideas. And if you're not being listened to, then that's probably some assessment you have to make when it comes to that company you work for or relationship you have or whatever it is. So, so believe in yourself, your experience is your education. If you don't have those credentials and I listen to those that have the experience first, um, (laughs) <laughs> so that's my bias and I, I, I'll admit it hundred uh, percent, but that's kind of how it is for me. And so you'll get that uh, flavor within the content of today. All right. So psychological safety, Timothy Clark, the four stages of psychological safety. He breaks it down into these four stages and, and uh, they're very, very simple, right? The first is inclusion safety, right? It's about, uh, do you feel a part of the team? Are you uh, in a situation where you can be your authentic self? And so inclusion safety is the words that are used. He is also, it's also been referenced a little bit differently, a participation safety, meaning that you've been selected, you are a part of the team and you're expected to be a part of the team, right? It's like if you're in a sports team, you just got selected. Now you're, now you're in on the team. Now, that's cool. And what that also means is that you're a respected participant, meaning that uh, in these cases, you are actually expected to be uh, listened to and to also listen. Uh, So that participation aspect can also be informal too, where, you know, the team is, you, you join the team, but you don't really feel a part of it yet. You know, they there, there's, it feels a little clickish, you know, kind of stuff like that, that makes you feel as though you're standing outside of the team still, even though you may have been selected. So that participation safety is about how it's related to this book. It's about that has the team accepted you as a participant, has a team included you. And that's something that I think is really important these days, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, concepts of diversifying your team or establishing inclusion. That's what inclusion is about. So you'll see that in a lot of other things too, other topics. But ultimately, that's the first stage. 
But then it gets into like, okay, I'm new on the team, but I don't know anything about this team. I don't know anything about this company. I don't know how they operate. I, so you go through this onboarding process uh, where it's really about learning safety, where you are established, you are establishing a period of time where you are allowed to the, uh, the new person card, right? Where you can ask the questions that new people ask because you don't know and it's okay to ask and you're given that space. You're given that safety to, to ask those kinds of questions. And so that learner safety is important because you're kind of learning the ropes, right? You're kind of figuring things out. You're practicing too. So if you're on like a sports team, you're actually in the practice and you're working with the team to learn the plays, all that kind of stuff. On a a regular corporate team, it's the same kind of thing, right? You're learning how people operate. You're learning how to uh, how to figure out what what good contributions are, you know, and, and what's expected of you. So that period of time needs to be protected. Because if you don't have that, then you go straight into the next stage, which is contributor safety. And contributor safety is now you've learned enough. Let's go through the happy path here. You've learned enough that you have the respect of others because of that learning. And now you're expected to contribute to the team. You're expected to actually produce ideas and work on things that's going to move the needle, create positive outcomes. Uh, create situations that that drive uh, successes, right? That contribution. So the contribution safety is really what everyone is trying to get to as quickly as possible because that's where people feel like they're adding value, right? But if you're not given the opportunity to learn, then you jump into this contribution space and the safety might not really feel all that great because you really don't know the plays. You don't know how people operate, yet you're jumping in and answering a lot of questions and acting as though you do know. And that's where it gets a little wonky for people, that contribution safety. So it's really important to establish your learning path, your onboarding, and then of course, uh, why, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in that contribution safety piece, people understand why you're contributing in certain ways because it's really meeting the needs of the business, but you're also trying to push the envelope towards higher levels of success. So contribution safety is something that's really important and, uh, and to, to establish and to also uh, utilize when you have it. But then you get to a point where your contributions are well understood and you have credibility and then you kind of reflect a little bit more and you start to recognize that, boy, these systems are terrible right? We, we need to change things. We need to find ways to uh, adapt this because we're going to get outmaneuvered by our competitors. We're going we're gonna to be in a situation where we're going to lose traction or momentum in this, in this effort because we are dealing with antiquated ways of doing things and behaving. And, and that's where a lot of things get challenged. So now the last stage, the fourth stage is about challenger safety. Do you have the credibility or are you given the, the opportunity to challenge the system and to actually make it better? Uh, a system that has helped everyone to be successful to that point in time. Now, do you have that strength or that, that space even to challenge it to say, we need to do some continuous improvement and change this thing? Otherwise, we are going to start losing ground, right? That piece is really important and that challenger safety or status quo challenging or or challenging convention. It's mentioned in different ways, but ultimately it means reflecting back on things and saying, what needs to change? And then being able to do that with safety to take those risks 
uh, and to kind of buck the system in in the spirit of improvement, right? That's that's where that comes into play. So now I've I've talked about psychological safety in these four concepts, which I really can relate to. Like I've been through all those things, and I've seen where I've been you know, in jobs expected to jump right to contribution safety and not even know what's going on, you know, with this team or the dynamics or the behavior or the, the even the, sometimes even the, the details of the product, you know, uh, expected to do that. I've also jumped into situations where I've challenged the status quo, challenged convention without the credibility and that falls like a lead balloon in a room and it, and it makes everyone really uncomfortable. And I was probably the most uncomfortable because I recognized I, I kind of overstepped what people, they didn't know me well enough to recognize my intention. You know, so those are the things that are really uh, key to establishing, practicing and enabling psychological safety. So I truly recommend, you know, taking a look at that uh, Timothy uh, Clark's book. But there's a lot of other information out there that's similar to this concept of establishing safety for people to be themselves and to contribute in ways that are unique and uh, perhaps even um, breakthrough type of ideas uh, that people can bring. Okay, so I've, I've laid the foundation of what this psychological safety concept is. Now, what is this all about when it comes to the sales process? What does that mean? Well, I'll, I'll start with a story. Uh, and tell you about how uh, I've thought about psychological safety and, and selling and influencing. So from the previous episodes, you all know that I, I did some selling out, outside sales, uh, which was really hard for me. I, I, I love the inside sales. I love what I do now. But outside sales, man, I, you know, I got to hand it to folks that do that. It's, it's really tough work. But I also uh, recognize the the power of perseverance and and why that work is so important to uh, to drive, you know, evolution of so many things, products, you know, technology, etc. Uh, love it. So I, I want to just give a, a shout out to individuals that do that work. And and if you are in that space, keep it going. It's hard work, and uh, but it's much respected. I respect it heavily uh, when it comes to what uh what happens in a sales environment it's it's challenging okay so getting back to topic so psychological safety when you think about psychological safety in those four categories think about a sales presentation or the environment of the conversation that you're establishing okay in light of the four stages when you're in that room and you're talking to people about an idea or a product or something that you want to influence, you want to, you want to create an outcome that's going to be beneficial, win-win situations, right? Not a win-loss. I'm not into that kind of selling where, where, the, where the customer loses because you outmaneuvered or, or whatever. That's just not, that's not in me. What I'd love to see is more of a win-win where products that are being promoted, sold, or ideas that are being sold or, or thought about or considered are really helping the customer uh, as much as it's helping you establish what you need to do to do your job and to be paid and all of that. So that win-win is what I'm talking about here. Okay. So that's, that's, I want to establish that as a basis of this conversation. So when you're in that situation, where you are trying to create a win-win situation. One of the worst situations that I've been in is when you just get no engagement from the person. And, and I, I tend to be pretty sensitive when I, uh, when I talk with people and I can kind of sense that they're not feeling comfortable 
sharing their ideas or sharing their concerns. And when you can open that door and actually get engagement and conversation at that level, that's when you can start to do more of a customer-focused type of sales approach, which is really about what is the problem that really needs to be solved? And then creatively establishing a dialogue or creating a dialogue that, that establishes creativity, rather, that's what I wanted to say, uh, that actually brings ideas, new ideas of application of the idea that you're promoting or the product that you're trying to sell or bring forward. So that engagement piece is truly about psychological safety in the moment of that sales discussion, right? Of, of selling or, or that conversation about a new idea or a change. Okay. So, so work with me on this one, because this is really, uh, this is kind of like some key components that is really kind of the secret sauce for what is, help me to be successful in selling ideas. Okay. So does this person feel as though they are a participant in the conversation? Are they feeling included? Have you established inclusion with the person you're trying to influence? How do you do that? Well, first off, you know, telling stories is a great way to do that. And I'll get to one. I did, I did kind of uh, tease a story, but I, I want to get through a couple concepts here and build on it. And I'll tell you the story about how I applied this. Um, how's that person f- felt included? Are they in an environment that they themselves are feeling included on the team? Do they even have influence, you know, to even buy or to uh, suggest or recommend a product within their organization? Like, what is it about that environment? So give it to them. Give it to them. Talk about how their ideas are really important and your movement towards something that's going to solve problems really needs some transparency and understanding about what they're dealing with. You know, allow them to participate with the conversation. Don't get so polished that you're basically going through PowerPoint slides and actually trying to outmaneuver people's uh, concerns or uh, things that they are worried about, bring those things out in the conversation. And how I usually do it is I'm really self-sacrificing. I, I talk about how, um, how I shared ideas to help bring things forward. I tell stories that help people to recognize that I'm a human being and I've made mistakes and I've also struggled with, you know, being heard. And it's really important though that individuals, including this person you're with, be heard through this, these ideas because we don't want to sell ideas that aren't going to solve the problem. And I want to make sure that the problem itself is understood and I need to I need to hear what your thoughts are. And by the way, say it and mean it. When you talk about uh, these ideas, tell them that you're going to, this is a conversation that is between you and them about what really is happening that that needs to be solved for. Because if they have a voice, if they have a uh, a way to engage in this process that will help them to build their voice even, to define their voice, then you're starting to establish inclusion. Okay. Now, all of that is a lot of words and, you know, a lot of minutes that I just talked about, you know, but it's really, it, it can happen within just a few minutes, even seconds, by just asking questions about, you know, what is it that's really bothering them? What 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 ideas do you have that you feel like people aren't listening to, 
Like, can you get that environment to be that kind of safe and comfortable? Now that's the challenge, right? And great sales folks uh, do this naturally. Like they just get people to open up. So that's a practice. And I'm not going to get into, you know, um, sales training or things like that on this one, but I'm sure you all have sales trainers that know how to do that. But ultimately it's about making that comfortable situation happen. So there's a rapport piece, right? Think about it that way. It's a rapport. Okay. So let's just say you got a established conversation and you're really talking shop about, gosh, you know, these things are really broken and sorry, but you know, it's just not, I'm not seeing the solutions that we could have. Okay, well, great. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned. Um, you know, by being an observer or participant with the company, what is it about this, these experiences you've had that has taught you something that makes you realize that things need to change, right? You start to ask questions that are really about what are the lessons here? So now you're establishing a learning environment. Um, you can also ask questions that are a little bit more provocative de- depending on, you know, how much, how comfortable you've established the environment, but it can be like, okay, so what didn't work? What did you learn from the mistakes that were made, you know, or what mistakes have you seen uh, or experienced uh, or know about that really need to uh, be focused on, you know, and and remedied? Like, what is that? Tell me. So those are the kinds of conversation points that bring you into that learner space, you know, and adapting. What does this person learn from the experience? And are you listening? Now you're, now if you're not listening, then you shouldn't be in sales. I'll be honest with you. This is a point of actual, this is a point of actually being almost like a counselor. You're listening for the, for the things that people are looking to try to fix. You know, you're not just trying to push a product. You're trying to find out what is it about this, this situation that this product will solve. And by solving, it becomes super sticky. Like meaning that the person just feels like, they have to have that, right? They have to, they have to have it because they recognize that this is going to empower um, what they have seen uh, as far as things that need to improve, continuous improvement, things that they know are the right direction setting, but they haven't perhaps been given that opportunity. You're going to give it to them, right? So learner safety. Now you're in this learning zone, okay? And you're also learning too right? You're also learning from listening. And that's important for you because you're establishing credibility with this person by listening and learning, right? Uh, Not just pushing forward to through your PowerPoint presentation. All right. So now you've got this learning situation. Now, the, the question now starts to translate into the practical nature of what the outcomes of this, these problems are, right? So now you're going to ask questions about so tell me about your experience. When, you, when you've brought forward solutions to help with this problem, how was it received? What were the contributions that have been made? Uh, what were your contributions that you did? What were, what were the projects that were focused on to solve this problem? What worked? What didn't based off of the interaction and contributions of all the other folks on the team? that actually drive, um, you know, higher levels of performance. What didn't work? And so now you're kind of getting into like the, the, the dynamics of how people have contributed and tried to focus in on solving problems within this space. And so this is really an interesting space because you can also uh, unpack a little bit more about the environment beyond this sales discussion and into the corporate culture. 
So now the, if the person is comfortable and you've established that, they're going to start to tell you about, you know, things that were uh, suggestions that would have been great uh, solutions, but got shot down or, you know, didn't get listened to or uh, people didn't have the safety. They were told what to do versus the ideas of contributing their subject matter expertise into this solution, right? And so this is where you start to get into like some of the nitty gritty of what's really happening in an organization and ultimately what's also going to create barriers for you as you try to influence a direction um, or a sales process, right? So that's important because this listening is, you're, again, you're, you have learning safety for yourself. You're learning about the environment and how difficult it's going to be for individuals to, um, to, to, to believe and to be influenced, right? So that's also part of this. So listen up, they're teaching you. So now the question is, okay, is this product or this idea or suggestion going to contribute to continuous improvement within this contributor safety zone or this contribution zone? Or is it really something that's even beyond that? Is it going to create a breakthrough that's going to drive some foundational or just transformational changes that are going to shift the foundation of a company or even disrupt an industry, right? So now you're starting to ask the questions of when is somebody asked ask, uh, the team to build something that could actually create a breakthrough, you know, or to consider things that could create a breakthrough. Now you're starting to tie into your ideas and how they can shift or transform the current state into something that's going to drive new levels of performance, new levels of outcomes for this company, or even for a relationship or a, a, a group. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's really about the convention that you're challenging now. And ask the question, you know, when, when, when was the last time that you saw something kind of earth shattering that really kind of created something of an effect that would improve this environment, this, this business. And so now you're checking in on the challenger safety. So how much is the organization, the team, the, the individual, the, the decision maker, uh, how, how willing are they to actually check in on themselves and the company to see if the company needs to really transform in some areas? Right? How willing? What is the willingness of that individual? And most importantly, how is that willingness or lack of willingness permeated through this organization? Now you're going to see the big picture of like, okay, if I've got an idea that's a disruptor, I'm going to, I'm going to get some insight here into how much resistance I'm going to get. Uh, and you can ask this person, you know, when you, if you... Uh, suggested a challenge to the convention, how was it received? And and you know what? Listen carefully because that's probably, if it wasn't received well, that's a traumatic experience, right? That is, so I want to stop there for a second. That is a traumatic experience. Uh, my career has been um, a series of traumas, you know, when it comes to trying to push an idea that can help people through change or try to try to drive a new level of awareness, you know, and, and, and I, I can relate. So, and I'm sure 
if you are worth your salt in uh, sales and and influencing others or suggesting or consulting or uh, you can draw upon those emotions from your own experiences of not being accepted or your ideas not being accepted, even though they could be transformationally uh, heroic, right? And that's the piece that I think is really uh, important. This is your moment to connect with somebody in a deeper way uh, to, to let them know you get it, you understand, and you're also willing to understand how you, your ideas, or even a product could help to facilitate those next steps for, for this person, for the team they're on, and for the organization ultimately. And so what, what's, what's happened here? Well, what's happened is that you've learned. You've established those four stages in the conversation. And you yourself have gone through those four stages as an assessment of the situation that you're dealing with. All right. So now this is, this is like new level thinking when it comes to, you know, um, establishing a trusted advisorship type of relationship with somebody, especially if you are trying to create new ideas or selling something. That's, that's the hard part, right? Uh, walking through your presentation and, you know, if this person says this, then I'm going to say that. If this person resists in this idea, then I'm going to do this. You know, that, that type of selling, you know, if you, if you presented to me on something like that, I, 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 I could, I wouldn't do it, but I could easily just eat you up and chew you, chew you up and spit you out when it comes to this whole concept, because I'm looking for that deeper discussion. I'm looking for somebody who connects with me in a way that expresses and manifests change. And if you don't have the understanding of what I'm trying to do, then I'm going to find somebody else that does. Like that's literally how I would approach if if a, if a salesperson were to talk to me. And I and I have people, you know, there's always sales folks talking to individuals in corporate companies. And if if you're one of those individuals that has reached out, listen, you know where I go with this stuff. This is big picture stuff and transformational type of work that I look for. And I'm looking for the consciousness. I'm looking for the awareness of somebody that can engage with me on that level of discussion. And if you're not there, I'm going to be able to sniff that out probably in the first 30 seconds. And we'll have a, a very pleasant but short conversation and, and a, a wishing each other well at the end, right? That's how that's going to, that's how that's going to shape out. So I just want to say that because you got to be thinking bigger picture here because you're also thinking long-term relationships, right? This isn't just a, you know, sell and next type of situation. If, and, and if it is, then this probably isn't the podcast to be listening to. So fine. There are others out there if you're in those, those types of sales environments and that's okay. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. Those are great, um, great ways to promote uh, sales of products, but I'm talking about something much deeper. Okay. So back to topic. So establishing, you know, the participation safety with the person, uh, allowing a, a portion of time to be spent about learning. What is it that what has been learned in the past? What have you learned? And then as you're listening to that, you're learning, right? You're in this learning space and, and allow questions, you know, hard. And the, the, the learning could also be about the individual exploring your product too and, and may 
need to feel comfortable asking hard questions or even uncomfortable questions about it. And you got to be willing to, to spend the time on that and, and invest on that. And then you want to get into that contribution. So now what is it about the contribution in this conversation that has affected the, the lack of change or the issues that have been shared um, within the organization? And the contribution is at a different level is about that person starting to contribute to the ideas of how your product can be used, right? So that's a beautiful situation when the person starts to translate, oh, I can see this product being used or this idea or concept being used this way. These are, these are already starting to show uh, buying signs, right? These are people that are starting to engage. Now you're showing some success in this process. It's working for you. So now don't mess it up. You know, you want to make sure there's, you're keeping the space and, and not just because of the process, you're, you're genuinely wanting to help, right? And if you start with that, um, that's a great way to um, establish that long-term partnership. Okay. And then lastly, as I mentioned before, just to kind of sum, sum it up is really establishing what is it, how far can we go? How far can this company go? How far has the company gone when it comes to self-evaluation, uh, evolution of itself, transformation uh, to meet new new demands, um, or to even lead when no one else is in an industry? Like how far, what's the willingness? What's the risk tolerance here? And some companies, some industries are not very risk tolerant. I mean, they just can't deal with risk. Or they deal, they deal, they deal with risk in the fact that they just don't take any. That's the point I'm making. So you got to gauge that because then you'll you'll know a little bit more about how to apply what your idea is or product or whatever, right? So those four stages. Now, why is that important? Because if you can't establish this, it's awkward. Uh, it is. Uh, it's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for the person. Uh, I'll relate it back to the personality types also, you know, so listen to the previous uh, couple of, of uh, podcasts of episodes because it builds off of that. So think about those that would be most uncomfortable in a situation where you haven't established the psychological safety of this conversation. Uh, those would be your uh, folks that um, <laughs> not not typically the social folks they'll they'll be able to kind of deal with things but those others that are more you know uh, results driven uh, data driven or you know com- more conventionally driven start to get uncomfortable because they're not sure if you're gonna go and you know shoot your mouth off and talk about all the things that they're trying to say and share in transparency with you so setting up that psychological safety is really important because they will just clam up and you'll have a a, a very um interesting possibly very awkward interaction uh before you're shown the door or uh you know we'll get back to you type of discussions right or topics right all right so Let's let's bring this home here to our takeaway. Uh, so this is certainly not the end of this practice. Psychological safety is something that we are always looking for when it comes to us manifesting and being our full potential selves. Uh, most of my job is um, listening to folks and trying to promote ideas that test the waters of change. And a lot of times uh, behind closed doors, 
I have conversations with people that feel like they just can't be themselves in their job. They can't, they can't bring forward or manifest their ideas because they're just, um, they're short circuited by the culture. Um, they're not, uh, they aren't respected. And so this is a really important concept for you to bring into the sales process and to think about ways to establish these four stages as Timothy Clark calls them. Inclusion safety, learner safety, contribution safety, and then challenger safety or status quo challenging safety. Very important to think about those things and how you your product and or your ideas are making the difference there. All right. So, geez, I said I was going to get to a story and then I just kind of got into the detail of this. And I think I set it up well, though. So let me tell you a story really quick about a situation uh, about psychological safety. Uh, Early days, as you mentioned, I'm going to refer back to um, an outside sales situation where we were selling. I was I was selling. management improvement, management development packages and training that would help people to uh, work through differences of personality types and things like that. And uh, so this package was a certification that we sold and this, it was, it wasn't cheap. It was thousands of dollars. And so I had met with a, uh, a vice president, uh, a leader that saw the value and needed to have some type of development in understanding how to manage differences and to build more performance-based outcomes, uh, positive outcomes with his team. And But I could sense that he was really afraid to actually have a conversation with this highly dominating, results-driven you know, person that was really unpleasant uh, leader of this organization. And, uh, so he, there was a fear component. So I actually, without knowing it, established this rapport with him that really went through those four stages, just like I had called out, uh, previously in this episode, you know, and, and it just happened naturally. Um, how it happened was, you know, I don't know. It might have been just dumb luck on my part because I was really, you know, just young. But I think what happened was that I really believed in making a difference and helping people. And because I was able to relate with this person at that level, we went through the participation, the learning, the contribution, and then the status quo or challenger type of safety stages together in our conversations. And we also talked about what didn't work in the organization that was actually contributing to the lack of safety within those uh, con- the context of those four stages. <clears throat> so, excuse me. The bottom line for me is that you know that established a rapport, but it really didn't establish any sales, right? Because the person was feeling like I I don't know if I can bring this. So I said, well, let's let's have a meeting with this CEO, right? Let's talk about it. So guess what? We had this meeting. And we went through those four stages, but it was a different take though, because this was a very results driven kind of person. And so I wanted to hear what this person had to say that they believed the answers were right. So I talked about, you know, established rapport, um, you know, that we're here to, to talk about solving problems, right. And you are aware 
of problems that need to be solved from your elevation of the organization. And I would love to learn more about that and spend just, a, a, you know, the next 10, 15, 20 minutes to really kind of explore what needs to change from your standpoint. What have you learned as a CEO? What have you established as far as you know, the tenets of, of change? What needs to happen for this organization to be uh, the top of the industry? And so now it just opened up all these learning discussions with this CEO. And, and by the way, this person had all the answers because that was the, the attitude. And that's, you know, it was all very confident and, you know, and, and as a matter of fact type of discussion points, uh, which, which was, all, was all cool, you know. But I, then I started getting into, so what has challenged the organization to shift into transformation? What's, what's been the challenging aspect that prevents breakthroughs when it comes to the management of people. And so now I related his concepts into something that was much more meaningful to the product that I was selling. Now this contribution safety that was established was he started sharing ideas about how people could be um, supported in a different way. Uh, this also gave an inroad for my partner, this this leader, this other leader that was kind of uh, not sure about his psychological safety, apparently, uh, to contribute to the conversation. So it became a conversation about what needs to change. And then the, it came down to time, right? We had half hour, 45 minutes or so, you know. And we were about the 20 minute mark. And then this person's highly driven. So they're looking at their watch and going, okay, so tell me now that we talked about all these problems, what is it that you can do to help? And I was, and now this, this, this stage is set. And now I started getting into, well, given the fact that you've had these experiences, this is how I would apply this. This is how I would solve for this. This is what it would take to actually make a difference and to even take it further to challenge convention, to maybe even break through into something that none of your competitors have done before when it comes to establishing great leadership and management of people, right? So it transitioned into, are you, how much risk is the question, underpinning the question, how much risk are you willing to take? Because we can continuously improve, or we could also take it to another level, and actually build a deeper solution that might transform some areas of your business. We can do either. So you tell me, what's the comfort level here that you would like to see uh, that you have, that the organization has to actually win this game? And that's when it really turned into a really cool conversation. By the way, we went over time because that person was so engaged and and then it was funny because, and I'll come to the final point of this of the story is that, um, so he goes, okay, so I'm I'm in. What's next? And and I was like, this is a beautiful, this is like classic. I wish every conversation went this way. Of course, not all of them did that, but this is why this is my example because this one was was classic for this concept of of psychological safety. And that's when I looked over at my partner, uh, who is a direct report of the CEO. And he said it, he says, I would like to be certified in this particular skill set so that I can apply myself in this way and develop. And from that, I see some value and I see through the results in this way 
that can add uh, additional successes to us. And he went into the, I'm not going to get into the details, but he went into like how this could be applied in a very practical way. And then he looked at us and he says, well, I really enjoyed the conversation that we've had today. I've learned a lot and I really appreciate, you know, the partnership and trying to find solutions. But he's like, why haven't you already started this yet? He looked <laughs> he looked at the, the person and said, so how come you're not already signed up for it? And it was, it was like, and, and I saved him because he kind of looked at me like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. And I just said, I said, you know, that's why we want to say, we want to make sure that you're aligned with it because we recognize that you have inputs to solving the problem. And we also know that the next step of, of the certification and, and getting into this, this work is going to be part of that. But I also wanted to just meet you because I, I believe that, you know, your leadership and your advocacy for this approach is going to be necessary, especially when it comes to things that you see that need to change uh, and that we identify through this process of this management development program. And so it turned into that kind of that kind of close. And so it was a great handshake at the end, you know, and this and then we were in like it was but it wasn't just about selling. It was like we were in on solving for big people problems, right? This person was also in for uh, this, this partner of mine, uh, the director report was in on his own development and, and being a better leader. Uh, the leader, the CEO of this company, and it, it's not a big company, but it was big enough for this person to really know what, what needs to happen and change across different organizations in order for his vision, his ideas to be activated and he was seeing me as a trusted advisor in that space. And this is all within just one conversation. So imagine how it, how it grew over the course of months, right? Uh, years. And so that's the, kind of, that's the kind of idea that psychological safety can bring to uh, the sales process. And it's not perfect, you know, it's not perfect. Uh, but what you can work on to create more, uh, more uh, improvement for your own style is to practice the subtle transitions of questions and ideas into those four stages so that you can actually walk people through that in a very natural way, in a way that's paced to their, to their needs, right? To the pace that they are. And this is what ties back to those previous podcasts in regards to influencing different personality type, people with different tendencies of personality. So reflect on that as you think about this. And now we're getting deeper into what it means to actually influence people. And ultimately, what it does is it, it helps you to build your own personal power in how you establish yourself and influence direction to improve things. Um, and as big as you want to go. For me, it's about the human society. I go big. You know, this isn't my job. This is my contribution to society. This is what I'm here to do. This is why I was here, put on this earth to do. And, and those big, grandiose thinking, that thinking at that level creates this never-ending conviction for what I want to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. It can also, I'll be honest with you, okay, it can also turn into a, a deep level of disappointment as well. I'll be honest with you. When things that you know are just fundamental, just don't get listened to. And so that is something that I'm always watching for. 
If I'm if if great ideas, whether they're your own or others, are not being listened to, then there are some problems in these four stages of psychological safety. There are problems. Okay. If if experts backpedal on their ideas that they know are right because someone else with a louder voice who is a who's not an expert has a different idea you don't people don't have the contribution safety they don't have the autonomy to express or manifest that is also what you're solving for when it comes to the products and influencing ideas that you're bringing forward you are shaping culture through this process right that sounds really big and i'm you know we're talking about like one sales presentation think big because those are the things that start change and they start to make people realize that there's something bigger and better that they can be doing if they would stop that ongoing corporate self-talk that prevents people from actually expressing and manifesting every bit of who they are okay and so this brings me to my one and only takeaway for this particular episode. And here it is. By establishing psychological safety in the process of selling your ideas, you empower the involvement, transparency, trust, and protection for those that engage in your ideas. Ultimately, you manifest a deeper partnership that's committed to unlocking the full potential for success. So again, by establishing psychological safety in the process of selling your ideas, you empower the involvement, transparency, trust, and protection for those that engage in your ideas. Ultimately, you manifest a deeper partnership that's committed to unlocking the full potential for success. Lastly, I want to thank you for joining me for this episode. I recognize that this episode is a lot longer than what uh, my typical ones are. Usually, I stick to that 30-minute mark. This one just was uh, a lot of detail that I needed to convey. And I, I haven't had an episode for a while, so I was kind of feeling really uh, energized to share some additional details with you. Uh, I won't be doing a summary this time around because it was just one segment, but I do uh, want to thank you for the extra time, and I look forward to you joining me next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.